Hi, and welcome back to uh, the third installment of our Operating Room Part 2 sermon in our sermon series, Operating Room, as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount. And here in in this third part of this second sermon, uh, we're looking at a passage of Scripture that is uh, uh, powerful and unique, speaking to a specific issue in the context of the first century and uh, the audience and the crowd that Jesus was instructing. Uh, This is in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 33. All right, Jesus says this, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Now, this idea of, of swearing, it's, it's the idea of uh, making a firm promise, uh, uh, making an oath, affirming a, a truth by calling on you know, a, a divine presence, really, to punish you if you don't fulfill uh, that truth. And people here in, in Jesus' particular day, they would do this. They would say, I promise to do such and such, and may uh, I promise by God, saying that if I don't do this, then God will punish me, kind of idea. But uh, people sort of did not want to be held uh, to their promises, and so they would try to find uh, loopholes to get out of it. And so that speaks to what Jesus says next, verse 34. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let uh, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Now, what people would try to do in that day and time is uh, they would want to make an oath to to make whoever they were making the oath for, um, you know, believe them. But they did not want to be held by the oath, and so they would try to make, a, a, you know, seek out a way they could get out of it. They say, "Well, I, I make an oath by the temple because you know that sounds important. God, you know, it's God's temple. I make an oath." By my head, I, I, you know, may something fall on my head. I make an oath on the earth itself. Um, and God says, stop making all these oaths to, to make it sound like you're important. All of those things are important because God's involved in all of them. Uh, and so you trying to get out of invoking God's name in your oath isn't really working to the way you think it would work. But Jesus adds this thing on the end there, this this tone and instruction. He says, let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more comes from evil. Basically, he's saying that one's words should support one's life. Uh, One's life should support one's words. That if you say yes, your integrity and your character uh, to anyone you say yes or no to, well, no, that's what you mean. That if you say yes, you're not going to come around behind it and not do what you said you were going to do and not back up what you said you were going to do or not do. He says, let your yes be, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything else, he says, comes from evil is sin. He says, 
The way you're living your life should back up what you say. And what you say also, in turn, should back up your life. Your life and your words should be uh, cooperating in how they're communicating who you are and whose you are. And so that begs the question then, following your life and, and questioning myself, following my own life, what does my, what my life and my words working together, what do they communicate about who I am and about whose I am? The same for you. Your life and your words taken together, who do they say you are? What do they say about your character, about your integrity, about the kind of person that you are? Do your words back up your life? Do you, does your life back up your words? And we should strive to make them uh, uh, cohesive with God's purposes and God's glory. Remember, the Sermon on the Mount, the whole thing, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, it's all about what the life of a disciple of Jesus should look like. And the life of a disciple of Jesus in this uh, 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 pairing of verses we looked at today, the life of a disciple of Jesus should be one whose words match a lifestyle and whose lifestyle match the words of someone wanting to follow Jesus, pursuing the life of Jesus. So is that where your life is today? What decisions could you make today in order to further that purpose for him. Now, thanks for, for jumping on with this. Maybe you've been following along this whole week as we've uh, taken the sermon that, we were going to, that I was going to preach this past Sunday, chopped it into parts, and did it throughout this week. Um, if that works for you, if you enjoyed this, if you want to see more stuff like this, uh, then like this, share this, comment on this video, on this podcast. Uh, let us know here at the church, First Baptist Church DeQueen. Let us know that, that uh, this worked for you, that this meant something to you, that you learned something from this. And um, uh, again, thank you for joining with us. And if you have another idea on this scripture or a question about this, feel free to hit us up at our website, dequeen.church. Uh, and we'll do our best to get back to you with an answer to that question to the best of our ability. All right. Thank you for joining us today. And I will catch you in the next one.